The following is a production of Natural Bliss Podcast for a better quality of life. Hello and welcome to the show. It's your life. I'm your host, Joyce Wheeler. Today is Tuesday, December 11th, 2018. And I am here with the gut health coach, Laura Jezef. After dealing with her own health issues and overcoming them naturally, Laura started helping others combat their gut issues. Irritable bowel syndrome, food intolerances, leaky gut, and candida. Laura says all these issues can be resolved naturally and holistically. These issues are due to an imbalance in the gut. Rebalance the gut and resolve the issue. Simple. Laura was able to overcome her own health issues by restoring her own gut microbiome back to health. She then became passionate about helping others do the same. She believes that health doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. One might often hear Laura talking about one of her favorite subjects, poo. While it might seem like an unusual topic, it is the gateway to health. Laura is a level two fitness instructor, level three personal trainer, has a diploma as a professional performance coach. Laura, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Joyce. Thanks for the amazing intro. <laughs> You're welcome. It's really good to have you here. Thank so you. you want to share with us how you got started being a gut health coach? Yeah, sure. Um, I kind of didn't plan on being a gut health coach. My, my background is um, business and marketing and PR for security firms. So um, I kind of fell into it when I got ill myself. I say ill, but it's kind of like a slow deterioration I didn't even realize. I was suffering with depression throughout my 20s and I, I followed the, the medical route that everyone generally does because that's what you're told to do. So all my family are doctors and nurses. You go to the doctor um, and you see a counsellor if you've got depression and you take antidepressants. Um, so I did that for most of my 20s, on and off antidepressants, saw three different counsellors um, and it wasn't for me. I felt like I was taking these antidepressants and I was walking around in a daze. I wasn't myself. Mm. So I then I changed my diet and I didn't think much of it. And then I started working in a, um, a big corporate firm, was very, very stressed. And the, the stress was impacting me. And I didn't realize. I just thought everyone felt this way. Everyone had low energy. Everyone had achy joints. Everyone felt low in moods. But you you know, there's nothing that you can do. It's the standard. Um, so I got very ill. I was, um, so yeah, I, I had, I think, three urine infections in the space of four months. And then on the, the one I was about to get, another fourth one, it went. Jeez. And I was really pleased. Um, but I didn't realise that it actually moved up to my kidneys. So then I was hospitalised with a kidney infection. Um, and even then I was still working, still making sure I was uh, getting things done, um, eating really badly. Uh, my health wasn't priority. But then I was made redundant from that business. So I should have put my health first because they weren't loyal. <laughs> and then I, my body just decided to shut down. It just said, right, you're going to be, be intolerant to all of these foods that you normally eat. Um, you're gonna, not going to sleep very well. You are going to have all these painful achy joints. Um, I was then, I saw someone who told me I had a leaky gut and then I had candida and all of this stuff just came up. And I was like, what is happening? I've never heard of this stuff. After I found out I had all these issues, I decided not to just take drugs because my doctor just said, take a laxative and just deal with the fact that you've got IBS or follow a low FODMAP diet. And I said, I don't really want to follow a traffic light system to eat throughout my life. Um, so I looked at other avenues. I researched a lot. I spoke to a lot of people and managed to resolve my issues. And then I just, I then started becoming a health coach, I guess. <laughs> so what was your diet like during that time? Because you said you were, weren't eating the right amount of foods. Yeah. So what, what, what kind of food were you eating? Well, I was either starving myself because that's what you do um, as uh, a woman. You're meant to be very thin, so you don't eat much food. And then you eat lo yep. lots of low calorie stuff, which is, mm -hmm. I didn't realize, is full of sugar and salt um, and highly processed. Uh, microwavable meals was my standard because um, you need it quick and easy. Um, lots of alcohol. I was taking a lot of painkillers because I would get headaches. 
and it just kind of snowballed um that sort of thing anything to keep my energy up so when you changed your diet then what kind of foods did you start eating um i started cooking things like i don't enjoy cooking i find it boring but i made simple things like omelets i stopped buying microwavable dishes because i started looking at the packet i started realizing actually i can't pronounce half this stuff um what is it i'm not really sure and it, I started opening my eyes, I suppose, and looking at it, thinking, it looks like slop, and this is what I'm putting in my body. And the more I read about it, the more I realized that the food is actually can affect your mind and your mood. And I was like, well, I don't want to be depressed again, and maybe this is why I was depressed in the first place. And I think the more I researched, the more I started learning and started changing. Okay, so then after once you started, I, I find it kind of amusing that you say you didn't like don't like to cook, and I know other <laughs> other people don't. And I actually like it. I feel like it's a science experiment sometimes, you know, just being able to throw things together. That's a nice because my thing at it, yeah. Because I get sick of eating the same things all the time, so I liked you know actually my husband had encouraged me to stay away from recipes and just kind of experiment myself and he told me he said if you make big grade dog food that's okay you know yeah yeah but but you know he really encouraged me to just think outside of the box and you know I'll just go ahead I'll just start taking stuff together and just throwing it together to see what I can come up with and so far I have not had a flop so that's that's wow, good thing. that's impressive I've had so many flops <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think I didn't and right now, my thing is, is that I'm so busy, I really don't don't have time to cook or time to bake, you know, the way I used to. I mean, I still cook, but just not the way that I used to cook. So yeah, that's the thing is with people, isn't it? It's um, they choose um, speed for food rather than nu- nutrients. Right. You know, I have tried because, you know, you know, the microwave kills your food. Yeah. So, so I am trying to like in the morning if I know, and I eat really unconventional because I'll eat soup for breakfast. Okay, so, nice. So what I'll do is if I'm deciding to have soup for breakfast, I'll put it on the stove while I'm getting ready for my day. Mm-hmm. So the versus putting in the microwave, not yeah. all the time, but I, I try to be conscious of that. Yeah. So how to how does you know? the food what kind of effect does that not have or have on our bodies uh, and particularly the gut microbiome well i think um the whole issue nowadays is the fact that we we are eating foods that aren't really food like our body doesn't understand what it is like it's all got these chemicals in it to make it long lasting shelf life and to make right. it more flavorsome um rather than eating the food, the actual food that we're meant to be eating. So for one, our gut is then trying to understand what it is. And Mm -hmm. the other is that we're not eating enough variety, especially not enough variety of fruits and vegetables. So you have to think of the gut as being like um, a rainforest with all of these different types of um, trees and plants. And the more diverse, the better the rainforest. But it's like the gut. So the more diverse food you eat, the more you have diversity in your gut. But nowadays, we just eat the same foods day in, day out, not even real food. And then we wonder, and then we add in painkillers on top of that, which damages the gut even more. And then we add in stress, which damages the gut even more. And then we wonder why we're on this cycle. Right. You know, and that's the thing, uh, too, that a lot of people don't understand. Well, actually, what I was going to say is that I was doing some research and I came across something that said that our ancestors ate probably like 300 different types of food because they were eating seasonally. Yes. Where, where we tend, like you said, our, our food is not as diverse as it needs to be or as it once was. Mm, definitely. That's the other thing, the, the seasonal eating. That's what we're mm. meant to be eating according to the seasons. Like we can get fruit and veg any day of the week, any month, any right. Um, from anywhere in the world and like, it's just not suitable for our body we're meant to be eating with the seasons right not only that but when we're transporting that food it's oh. not even ripe when it, when it's picked 
and then we're not getting all the nutrients that we could as if as if we were eating it fresh. Definitely. Um, that's why a lot of people think that they're intolerant to certain foods, but it's actually the pesticides that they soak in more of. Mm. So, for example, I would technically say I'm intolerant to strawberries, but I'm not. It's the pesticides on the strawberries. And I can eat strawberries from my garden, but I can't eat it from a shop. Right. And that's something a lot of people don't, they don't understand how toxic our food supply is these days. And actually, like you said earlier, it's it's not even food. Yeah. You know, it's, it's chemicals, it's genetically modified. Yeah. And as you said, our body does not recognize the DNA. It's going, what the heck do you want me to do with this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was crazy when you think about it. And that's why I say we're overcomplicating our health. It's simple mm-hmm. stuff, just... Go outside, get fresh air, stop stressing about nothing, eat proper food and just exercise. It's simple, but we just add things to it. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We do complicate it. But I think a part, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're not educated. Mm. And I, I don't know why now, because because our parents or like the older generations were educated. And for some reason, we're now not you know, and I think too, like, you know, with with generations in the past, did they really need to be educated about their food because they weren't genetically modifying it? Yeah, true, true. You know, they weren't they weren't doing what they're doing to the food these days. Yeah. You know, so they didn't I mean, organic to them was the food that they had. Yeah. You know? It was local and it was seasonal and that was the only options they had. And they weren't right. You know, I I'm a meat eater, but you're not meant to eat meat all day every every day like the older days you would have meat twice a week and that's sufficient right and it was you know and it, it wasn't as easy back at w- one point in our society because they didn't have any way to really preserve it outside Ooh. of making jerky out of it yeah definitely you know so it was so it was more like in the winter time with having meat or if they did have meat they split it with other people in their community because it was too much yes isn't that lovely? And then you start getting to talk to people rather than yes. on your phone. You actually have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people these days knows know what it means to talk. No, not at all. It's scary, isn't and it? It's, it's sad. It's sad. And the thing is, is that I don't want to get off of the, the gut health, no. but they're dealing with other health issues because of, you know, the EMFs, which yeah. in turn actually does affect the gut microbiome. It does, massively. Yes, and they they, and that's something that's just starting to come out more. But you know, we you still have people who aren't listening, who aren't hearing. You know, we're no. talking, getting they're going. No, we would know about that. They would tell us about that. You know, oh, well, you know what the yeah, just like um, cigarettes, they were healthy for you throughout the war. <laughs> they would tell you, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's that's another subject too. <laughs> So let's talk about how stress affects the gut microbiome. Yeah. So um, the stress, it ultimately destroys the the bacteria in the gut. And the talking about the gut-brain connection, when we're stressed, um, you notice that you may have um, what like an upset tummy or butterflies in your stomach. Um, and that's the connection from the brain to the stomach. So our, we have about... I think it's 80, 90% of our serotonin, our happy hormone in our gut. Mm-hmm. So thinking about that, destroying it with our, our foods or overstressing about things, it's all then linked to the gut and it's affecting it massively. Um, we add stress to our body in, in little ways without realizing like we don't breathe properly. We don't, right. we don't sleep enough. So that's the stress to the body. We over-exercise in some way. Because we're stressed throughout the day and work, and this was me, you're stressed out all day, and then you go and thrash yourself really hard in the gym to try and get that stress out. So you're just adding more stress to the body. If anything, you need to take up yoga if you're really stressed in the day. Right. You know, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, our society that it is stressed a whole lot more than we've ever been before. Yeah. And and the body doesn't recognize that it goes into that fight mm-hmm. or flight mode yeah. where it's uh, you know releasing that cortisol yeah which isn't good because too much cortisol leads to other health issues but you know people aren't just realizing this and there's so much stress 
that they're constantly going through. But there was a young man just here yesterday and I asked him, you know, how are your stress levels? And he was like, oh, I'm always stressed. And it's like, people don't realize, you know, you have to take some time for yourself, go meditate, do some yoga, yeah. you know, do some, yeah. um, some Qigong, um, just something to where you can, and better yet, learn how to deal with it. You know, one thing for me is that I had learned from my mom because my mom was always stressed out about things. And usually she was stressed out about things she could not control. So I learned that if I cannot control something, I'm not going to stress about it because it's not going to do me any good. So it's, yeah, it's so true. And I think that uh, the thing is with the stress, it's society. Everyone is stressed. So they just think it's normal. Right. So it adds to your stress. But, you know, I, I wonder why we're so stressed. We have everything in abundance. I don't think we appreciate what we have. Um, and like mm. you said, we worry about nothing. There's not, it, things are out of our control that we worry about. Um, I think the saying is, if you're worrying about things in the future, then you're anxious. And if you worry about things in the past, then you're depressed. And it's just this constant anxiety going on, which people just need and, to put in perspective. Right. And I think, though, it's a lot of it has to do with the with society saying, well, you, you're supposed to live like this and you should yeah. have this and, yeah. you know, stuff. We're not stuff people, so we're not stressed. I'm not stressed about what somebody thinks about my vehicle or the way I dress or, you know, it's, I, I'm just, I'm not like that. I'm not going to go ahead and fit into the way somebody else thinks that I'm supposed to live to prove that, you know, I'm good enough or whatever, have some kind of social status. I don't need it. Yeah. They can keep it. They can keep it and they keep their stress too, because I don't want that either. But it's like, who are you to say who should be this way or that way? It's like, we're all trying to get along. None of us have got it all figured out. We just all need to enjoy ourselves every day and stop worrying right. about what others think. And that's another part of stress is people, you know, sitting there, how, how are they going to think about me? How they're going to judge me? Yes. Oh, so-and-so is going to be at the party and she's going to have this nice Gucci purge or mm -hmm. what is it? Michael Noor or something. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not up on that. I know a little bit only because my daughter tells me about it, <laughs> but, but otherwise, and, and she's not into brands either, but she does have a friend yeah. who is into big brands and will hand them down to her. And which actually isn't a really good thing because people look at her Michael Noor purse and they think that, oh, she's got Michael Noor. She's got money. You know what I mean? Oh, right. <laughs> so, you know, and that's that's another stress. Yeah. Just another stress you're going to add. And, you know, speaking of stress, right, that right now is we're in that getting into the extremely holiday season. Mm. And I think a lot of people are even more stressed now. What are some of the ways that you would suggest that people deal with stress? That's a great question because I'm actually because um, I'm a yin yoga instructor as well. I, I talk about that in my sessions, just particularly recently, because everyone stresses about getting the right presence for their mm -hmm. family and friends, um, getting the right foods, who's hosting, um, getting their work completed in time, ready to finish for Christmas. Um, making sure like the people who my sort of clients they're stressing about what foods they can eat and how they can get by get through Christmas again for people who I'm speaking with so when in regards to the stress I I always ask people to do what they can do like if you give them example meditate it's like okay it's all well and good say meditate but it's very hard for people to go into something new like that even though it's just sitting there empty in your mind that's a lot harder than people think because there's so much going on in our home um i would try to begin my unit class um just by people lying down on their back just feeling the mat beneath them and just noticing their breath as they breathe in and breathe out. And that's just for a couple of minutes, and it's just noticing they, how they feel on the floor, so they feel secure and supportive, and then paying attention to their breath. And that time just can calm their body down into the parasympathetic nervous system, away from that fight or flight response. So they can just start going into yoga in a calm way and feeling a bit more present. And even those couple of minutes, just every session, have helped them. And that's just going to be one simple thing that you can do. And then, now you had mentioned mentioned the breathing. Yeah. How does how does breathing tie in with our gut microbiome? Um, again, so it's the the calming your body out of that 
sympathetic nervous system, stressed out, killing all the bacteria in your gut, causing damage to the gut. Um, we breathe in our chest generally when we're, when we're stressed. So really shallow breathing. We don't breathe through our diaphragm. So I give a breathing exercise. A lot of people do it um, or know it in yoga or like the Navy SEALs do it before they're going into battle. It's really amazing. Um, it's called box breathing. And it's as you, so you breathe in through your nose all the way, expanding your belly and diaphragm. And then at the top, you pause for a couple of seconds or however long is comfortable for you. And then you breathe out all the way out, getting rid of that stale air in the bottom of your lungs and then pausing again at the bottom. And it's a shape of a box as you breathe. And even thinking of that in your mind and just focusing on that breathing. And you can do it when you wake up in the morning to get ready if you're having a hectic day and do it before bed so you can be calm and you can actually get some sleep. And that's, you know, one thing that I have learned how to how to do is to breathe better. I've heard it's also good for weight loss. Oh, yeah. But you think if your body's stressed out, it just holds on to fat because it, it, the body's very clever. It holds on to things in case it's going to need the body fat for another stressful situation, like to run away from a bear. Because like you said, the body doesn't know the difference between stressing out in traffic or running away from danger. And I think that's something, you know, and that's something else that people don't realize. They have no idea that when they are stressing, what kind of damage they're actually doing through, to their bodies. Yeah. So it causes so much inflammation in the body. Yes. And people put it down to fat or they've put on weight, but it's just inflammation. It's carrying more water or just things are just expanding and it's not happy. And, you know, once again, this is something that we're not taught. No. Nobody teaches us. I mean, I, I don't think even a lot of medical, those in the medical profession, you know, here with Western medicine, mm. even realize what stress really does to people. No, they, they really don't. I mean, I work with a doctor because he is stressed out and he has actual um, arthritis. So I've been working with him on changing his diet because it's inf inflammation causing these achy joints and, and he's stressed right. out. And he's even admitted, you know, he said, we don't get taught this lifestyle nutrition stuff as doctors no and when it comes to nutrition they've get very little education mm. well they do they're taught they deal with acute issues not chronic stuff like gut inflammation well you know and that's the thing too is at this point in time if you go to a, a regular doctor they don't check your gut microbiome they don't t check your ph levels they're not asking you what kind of food you're eating. They're not asking you the kind of environment you're in. There's just so much that's missing. Exactly. And, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, it's like there's not just one thing that you have to change. You know, it's a whole lifestyle change. That people is, come to yeah. me. People come to me all the time and they're like, well, you know, they think that they could do just this one thing and it's going to fix them. And I'm just like, no, there's more to it. The magic pill everyone's looking for. Right. I think it's not, you know, doctors are great. They, they, they do what they're meant to do. I think it's our education and the fact that we insist on going to our GP for everything when they, they can't help. You need to go to other professionals or specialists in chronic issues. Right. Yeah, I agree that they have their place, you know, just like pharmaceutical drugs have their place too, yeah. but they're not meant to be long-term. No. And these aren't just, you can't just take a pill for the rest of your life. And like you said, it's not just a one thing fix all sort of approach. And you have to be willing to take the time and invest in your health because if you don't have health, what have you got? So what is your take on detoxing? Um, I mean, detox seems to be just a buzzword for me. Uh, if you put detox on any sort of marketing, people want to buy it more. But I think your body naturally detoxes if you get rid of the rubbish that you keep putting into it. Like if you keep taking painkillers, if you keep drinking alcohol, if you're highly um, eating a lot of sugar, um, by re just removing these sort of things first, your body will start detoxing itself. It's clever. It doesn't need to go on these like juice fasts for years and um, whatever other supplements, aloe vera. I mean, I've tried all of them, all of these different cleanses and detoxes. And do you, do you feel that any of them were beneficial to you? To be honest, no. Um, I think 
I mean, they might be beneficial for people who are happy to survive on a liquid diet for a time being. But I think if we get the basics right, then the body can start fixing itself. And even, you know, putting the right foods into our body so that it can go ahead and it can fight the free radicals that we deal with on a daily basis. Exactly. It's little things like don't run along a motorway because you're inhaling all the fumes down all day in a box. You're kind of living in a box, driving in a box, working in a box, eating from a box, driving home, sitting down in a box to watch a box. It's a crazy society we're in now. And that's the, something else people can do to relieve their stress is get out of the box. Yeah. Spend time in, na- spend time in nature. We'll be right back with Joyce Wheeler and It's Your Life. jars of expensive beauty care products that just didn't do what they claimed? Many women are just like you, spending big bucks on products that do not give results. At Heavenly Bodies, their products do what they say. Why? Because they use only certified organic plant-based ingredients, which have been used by women for thousands of years. Heavenly Bodies believes every woman deserves to have quality skincare products at affordable prices that work. To purchase your Heavenly Bodies products, visit their website at hborganicskincare.com. We're back with Joyce Wheeler. And it's your life. How do you feel that nature affects our health? Oh, I didn't realize how much it affects my health, like everyone's health. I thought, you know, I wasn't really into this sort of meditation or yoga. I was like, this is a bit woo-woo for me. Like, I don't get it. Why would I put my feet in the grass? How is that going to make me happy? Why am I, you know, I'll turn into a tree hugger or something. And I was, I was so against all of this stuff. And now I'm all the way the other side. And, you know, I feel better when I put my feet in the grass and you just feel calmer. You put your feet in the sand or on the sea. It's, um, there was research done on, it's called grounding or earthing. And right. I, I bet you know about this, Joyce. And they've done research on brain waves com, um, and comparing it to people who ground themselves daily um, and how their brain starts functioning better and their they're calmer and they're less stressed and they've shown it in the brain. I should get all these research articles. Um, it's amazing. It is. It's, you know, and it, that's the thing though, you know, we were, we're meant to be outside. We're meant to be moving. Yeah. We're not meant. I mean, I'm guilty of it too, you know, because I work from home. A lot of my time is spent sitting down in front of a computer. Uh, yeah. You know, but it's nice because every, every, well, not right now because it's gotten colder here, even though where I'm located is usually a warm climate. Yeah. But, you know, there are days my husband and I will be like, let's go to the lake. Yeah. You know, so we go to, we go to the beach and we just spend the day down at the beach. Or when we go on vacations, we like to go to Destin, Florida, you know, over there on the coast. And it's just really nice just to be outside and to, you know, feel the sun. To be mm-hmm. so to be emerging my toes and my feet into the sand, you know, having the ocean and what wash over me. So, and I mean, and it even for like families, you know, like living maybe in a more urban environment, they need to pull themselves out of that urban environment. You know, go out into the woods, go for a hike. You know, yeah. have a ch- change of environment. Definitely. And I, I get it. We are in a society now where things are fast. We're on our laptop. Mm-hmm. That's how we communicate with people. But it's having that balance. It's okay, I'm going to have, I'm gonna, I've got this workload to do. I'm going to make sure that I do get up and get out and get some fresh air or not eat at my desk all day. You know, it's just being aware. And, and um, going ahead and bringing some new habits into your life. Yeah which is something that I had talked to with another guest of mine. She has this great morning ritual mm-hmm. that she does every morning where she meditates and she has this tea that she's 
added to for a long time that she drinks and you know and that's important too you know to develop rituals definitely because because then you don't forget to do things if you have a ritual yeah you know so i i do have some rituals but it's nothing that's really you know i would consider healthy okay it just remind <laughs> it just remi- reminds me of like my my morning routine is the same thing my nighttime routine it's the same thing yeah. You know, it, it says everything's done in a certain order, so I don't forget to brush my teeth or, you know, yeah, do this or do that. So, but it sets but, up the day, doesn't it? Having a good morning ritual. Yeah, I I think so. I feel a lot better once I get done with my, my morning ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like okay, I'm ready to start today. Yeah, you know, I've got that. I, I got that out of the way, and I need to do that. I need to get that out of the way because if I didn't, my bed would not get made. <laughs> and because that's part of my morning ritual. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Is, we all have some sort of ritual. And, and it's, if you're not happy with any part of it, you can always tweak a little bit at a time. It's not just going into that overwhelm, I'm going to change everything about my whole morning ritual. It's like, that's not going to happen. Just do one little thing at a time that you want to improve on or add in. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes baby steps, you know, little by little. Exactly. Like when we, when we changed the way we ate, it took us two years to get all of our food organic. And oh, yeah. but we all, we went beyond that because we also included all of our cleaning products, all of our part, personal hygiene products, yeah, that's all of right. our all of our seasonings. I mean, just everything. And when I talk to people about you know eating organic, they get really overwhelmed, thinking that that's something that they got to do right now overnight. Yeah. And it's like no, it's you know you, you got to take baby steps. You know, I'll meet you where you are. Definitely, it's like you don't you don't have to do it. I mean, what what about your clients? I mean, how how many of your clients are kind of apprehensive to do what you say? And how many of them do you have to kind of coax to take just baby steps? Most of them. Because <laughs> I don't want it to be an overwhelm. Because like you said, it's a lifestyle change. And if changing it all at the same time is just not manageable, feasible for them. It has to be slowly. And they have to integrate it with their family as well. So I think right. when people say, well, organic's too expensive, I can't buy all organic, I've got a family. It's like, okay, I, I appreciate that. What about going to your local farmer's market? Because you can always get discounts like later on in the day. Or you go with, um, there's a cleaning 15 and dirty dozen. So you just pick out the stuff that is probably best to buy organic because it's more pesticide, it soaks up more of the pesticides. Um, and the other stuff you can get away with for now until you've got used to everything. Have you heard of the cleaning 15 dirty dozen? Yeah. Yeah. So little things like that, little shift. Right. Yeah, we, we've been living, um, we call it a natural lifestyle we've been living like this since 2012 wow lovely and when we listen to a lot of health summits there's not like a day that goes by that one of us is not listening to some kind of health summit to just constantly be aware of you know anything we might be missing yeah so so far you know things are becoming redundant because we've listened so much we've heard so much (laughs) and we've done so much research that it's just okay I know this I know that you know, yeah. once in a while, one thing I did come across in the summit was I was listening to one on the electromagnetic field, and she was talking about eating foods that are rich in antioxidants mm. to to help about remove free radicals yeah. from the bo- bo- from the body. Mm. So that was something that I didn't know about. We use, you know, we're different too because we use not just our food, but we use crystals and herbs and essential oils and yeah. Lovely. You know, just different modalities. So let's talk about exercise. How does exercise affect the gut microbiome? Um, yeah, exercise, again, can be um, a stressor or it can help with the gut microbiome. I think I read something about how when you do exercise, like effectively for the body, um, it can help your bacteria flourish and start repairing the gut. So when I say doing it in a better way, like I said before, you can actually stress the body out if you're over-exercising. I have a friend who, it's always worse for friends or family to be a client, so I don't advise it because they never listen to you. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who has IBS, but she won't listen to me about her food, and she exercises 
twice a day, seven days a week, no rest day, and she's not sleeping properly, and she stresses a lot at work. And there's just no telling her that you need rest days and you need that calm, find some downtime for your body to recover and stop being in this fight or flight parasympathetic freakout mode all the time. Um, exercise is great, like just moving, if anything. I think people freak out when they say, okay, you need to exercise. They think, oh, I don't like the gym. But the, the gym is not just, you know, that's only one form of exercise. You can do anything right. you want. Just get up and move. All we have to do is move 90 minutes a day to get at least 10,000 steps in. Make it fun. A day. Just, exactly. Make it fun. Go out with your friends. Just talk and walk. Go dancing. Oh, go dancing. Yeah, I love salsa dancing. Hey, take that. Do that. <laughs> just right. Fun. And if you're nervous, go with a friend. Go with a family member. Right. It's just do something because I tell people, you know, when I'm talking about exercise, I'm saying you have to find something you love to do because if you don't, you're not going to do it. Exactly. There's no so, I mean, if, something you don't enjoy. Right. Right. Because again, you're not going to do it. You know, if you like to walk, walk. If you like to ride a bike, go ride a bike. You want to dance, dance, yeah. you know, do something to get your body moving. My daughter, she does, uh, they, I don't know what they call it there in Australia, but here they're calling it hooping. Hooping. Not heard of that. It's like a hula hoop around the waist. It is with the hula hoop, but they're doing it to where they're just not, it's just not around the waist. Okay. And they have weighted hoops. Oh, oh. I have seen a weighted hoop in a shop. (laughs) Yeah, so so you're burning more calories. So that was her thing. That's what she enjoys doing. Nice. Is hooping, so... You know, I mean, again, just get out there and move. Do something. And there's not one that you can't just say, oh, I don't like anything. There's always going to be one thing that you will enjoy sure. doing. Swimming. Swimming is another good thing yeah. to, to do. Even gardening, just going outside and pottering around in your garden. It's just getting up, doing, breathing, being outside. Right. And the thing is, too, you're out in the garden, you're playing in the dirt, you're building up that gut microbiome. Exactly. And you can get your hands dirty. No more antibacts. Yes, right. Get please get your hands dirty. <laughs> Lay down and roll around in it if you want to. It's good exactly. for you. Pick up a worm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, then that might lead you to go fishing. Yeah. Take up a new hobby. <laughs> Laura, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, where can they where can they find you or connect with you? Well, I am on every media platform, every social platform. But my main thing is I have a Fix Your Gut um, Facebook group, and it's just called that, Fix Your Gut. Um, but if you're in Adelaide or Glenelg um, on the seafront, um, I am located in a gym called Inner Focus. So you can find me there as well. So Fix Your Gut, is that a Facebook webpage or is it a group? A Facebook group. What goes on in that group? I love my little group because I I started this group up because of the groups that I was in around gut health and digestion and IBS. I found it so negative. Like they would talk about their problems and other people would comment and say, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Good luck. It's like, yeah, we're going to be like this forever. There's no support from the admins. I I barely saw admins comment. Um, They would just send random posts and then just let other people comment. I wanted to be there, supportive, commenting on everything that anyone posted and having it changing people's mindsets. And anyone could post and they could share and they wanted this positive atmosphere where you actually start getting results, even if you didn't put programs. I wanted people to be in the group to get results rather than just a pity party of woe is me. I'm going to be like this forever. So do you post in there on a daily basis? Do you have some kind of routine that you do with your Facebook Um, and your social media? I always do it sort of off the cuff, stuff that I find, research, if I see more comments, um, because I'm always looking in other support groups to see what people are talking about topic-wise. I try and squash a lot of myths as well, because there's so Mm. much misinformation around. And I try and make the post very fun and jokey, so people are more interested in reading it. You also have a uh, your your website. What's your the URL for your website? Yes, um, that's just my name, Laura Jezef. Um, Could you spell your last name for yeah. the audience, please? <laughs> yeah, Jezef is J E Z E P H, and that's dot com. Dot com. Yes, Laura Great. 
One of the things that they can find on there is you have, I I believe it's a program called Sugar Repair. Can you talk about that? Oh, that's exciting, actually. I'm really pleased about this one. It's um, I'm promoting it. That your your listeners will probably hear it first, or you're hearing it first because um, I'm promoting it on Monday next week for the next ah. for the next four weeks. Then we're going to start on the 14th of January. So it's a sugar repair. So it's actually going through six weeks of change in food and change in lifestyle because I think this is often overlooked when people go to a nutritionist or a dietitian. They don't look at people sleep or exercise or like everything we've been talking about so it's helping people shift everything and they're going to learn so much in those six weeks about how to remove sugar why it's bad for you and how it will repair your body and you can actually live without you know you can still have the odd sweet treat it's I'm not saying give it all up but it's not having that craving that vice that fixation And it just causes so much damage to the body and so much inflammation that you just don't need it. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but, you know, we all have cancerous cells in the body and yeah. cancer loves to feed off of sugar. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's food. Everything from sugar, you know, diabetes. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you feel about cane sugar? Because now the, 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 a lot of the sugar that's in the foods mm. is stems from beet sugar which is highly genetically modified. Mm. So how do you feel about cane sugar? Do you feel, you know, sugar, sugar? Yeah, I think sugar is sugar. Like to start with, um, when I had candida, I had to remove every type of sugar. So including fruit, because I was just so inflamed. But I don't believe in removing fruit. It's a natural sugar and you need it. And even down to like dates and honey, I couldn't have any of that. Um, ultimately, the refined sugar is sugar and you don't need it. Right. But it tastes good. It does taste good. And then the more you taste it, the more you want it. Right. It like uh, like triggers that yep. part of your brain, that yeah. addictive part of your brain. And that's that's what- just like... I think that's what the the processed food companies have said. That's how they, mm-hmm. you know, make all these crisps because they add in these chemicals that actually makes you want to eat more of them. Right. Trigger something in the brain, and they know that, so they add in these chemicals. Yep. Right, which is something else that uh, we're yeah. not being told about. Yeah. So if somebody, so are you? Is the sugar repair? Is this program open for people who to? to for people to register at this point in time? Yes, they can drop me a message and say, I'm going for the sugar repair program. Um, and it's um, $100 off uh, throughout December. So they can, if they let me know that they're interested and they can book and pay in advance. Okay. And you said that that is starting January what? January 14th. January 14th. And what's the last uh, sign up date that they have to either receive the $100 off or that it's like it's closed? Uh, last Did, time for the hundred dollars off is the thirty first of December. Okay, and, and then it will be at normal price. Um, but the last day for the from the fourteenth, I mean the thirteenth. I want to get in as many people as they can. Do you have a certain amount of people that you're taking in? Um, I'm looking to take in a maximum of twenty. Okay. That's a nice size. Yeah. Not too big, not too small. Exactly. And I want people to have that added support as well. So they have their own private Facebook group to get. I think it's the the main thing is the support because when you're coming off sugar, sometimes you can experience some of these lulls and headaches. So you're going to want that support and you're going to want to know that that's okay and we can get through this together. So when we're talking about no sugar, of course, we're talking like about candies and, you know, various other sweet treats. Yeah. You did, you did touch on the fruit a little bit. So is fruit going to be part of this sugar repair to where I'm thinking that there's always going to be some kind of protocol for foods to include and foods to exclude. And I'm wondering if does fruit stay on the list? It's um it's a bit of a education program as well to help people for when they leave the program that they can understand and go it alone and you know know what suits their body. Um, but the low sugared fruit will be in the program. But then I will explain about you know fruit is fruit. Fruit's great. You need it for your body. Mm-hmm. But it's you know not having 
loads of fruit all throughout the day. You know, it can, some people struggle with too much fruit and some people don't. Um, but I'll add in the low sugar fruits like berries and melon for people. I know my kids when they were younger loved fruit. I used to get these fruit trays from the store and between the three of them by the end of the day would be gone. (laughs) How lovely. They would just eat eat their fruit. And I'm I'm glad to say that, you know, you said melon, so there there was like cantaloupe in there, there was honeydew. Yeah. There were there were berries, there were strawberries, there was grapes, there was kiwi. Lovely. You know, so they had this variety and they just they just loved it and they would just eat it all up. I yeah I'm really into my fruit at the moment I think I never used to be because it was affecting me so much and now now that I'm back on all form it's like I'm loving the fruit (laughs) I think because it's summer here as well you can eat a bit more fruit it's more seasonal well and the thing about the fruit too during the summer months you know we tend to sweat so we're losing you know water and we do need some water we're a high percentage of water yeah so eating a lot I know in the summertime I love to eat grapes I love to eat cucumbers and just fruits and vegetables that are very high in water content when you're in tune with your body it will start telling Mm. you what it needs that there will be real cravings for real food and that's what I want people to get to so they don't have to rely on media and their friends and the latest fatty diet but they they have control again because they know exactly what they should and shouldn't be eating for their body. Right. And I think that's real important too. And when I, you know, I started listening to my bar, my body when I was like in my late teens, my body was talking to me. I was gluten-free before it was even a thing. Oh, wow. And I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I, I just knew that eating bread, eating um, pasta had a negative effect on my body and I stopped eating it. Yeah. And that then they started talking about gluten. And I said, oh, that's what it was. That's why it's, <laughs> you know, so I was, I was with that before it was even a thing. And I had no idea. I was just listening to my body. Yeah. And I will, and I will tell people, you know, listen to your body. It talks to you. And they're like, my body doesn't talk to me. I'm like, yeah, it does. You're just not listening. My, yeah. Because, but when I say, exactly. When I say that people are like, well, I crave sugar. I crave ice cream and chocolate. I was like, because you're out of balance. We just need to rebalance you again. Right. Or even uh, craving salt. A lot of people crave salt. Yeah. But then it's likely you might be um, low in magnesium. Mm. Just little things. It's just being aware of. Talking about the bread, like back in the olden days, again, I talk about, you know, my grandma and uh, the war. Their bread was processed properly. It wasn't this fake yeast that is done, that is used in bread now to ferment for speed rather than for nutrients. Right. Fermented, right? And speaking of fermentations, because that's one thing I I brew kombucha. Oh yeah, so which is excellent from the gut microbiome. So, what kind of fermentations do you encourage your clients to partake in? Um, I give them all the options. So, I talk about kefir, whether it's water or milk, and kombucha. I'm a massive fan of kombucha at the moment. Um, pickles and sauerkraut, um, kimchi. kimchi. Yeah. Um, some people, if their gut is really, really inflamed, though, they may struggle to eat this sort of thing, especially sauerkraut. So with the sauerkraut, it's you still want to get some of that. So it, it might be just eating one little strand of sauerkraut or a tiny teaspoon of the liquid each day and slowly introducing it because you're just too sensitive for that much fermentation. But any, anything that they want to try and experiment with, making it fun, um, and they can try the taste. Some people don't like the milk kefir and prefer the water, but it's just giving them those options. Right. And then that's another thing that, you know, our ancestors had done years ago was a lot of fermentations because once again, they had no way to preserve their food mm-hmm. and fermenting it was a great way for them to keep the, you know, to keep their food fresh. Yeah. And I'm sure that, and I'm sure they probably had no idea that it was also very good for the gut microbiome. No, exactly. They probably had, a, they had iron guts. Like my grandma used to, I remember her making um, and growing kombucha in her, um, in her air airing cupboard where it was warm and I thought what is this woman doing she's growing these weird <laughs> bacteria. Is, is it like, I thought she was 
getting drugged up. I thought it was like a magic mushroom thing. I just used to laugh. <laughs> she was ahead of her time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, there, I have people who I, because I, I sell at the local farmer's market and I yeah. sell my kombucha there. And one thing I like about being at the market is that it does get me out of the house. It gets me outside. It gets me in the sun. And, mm. you know, I get to interact with people and educate them. Yeah. But I have had a lot of mature people come by and say, if I would have known this was going to be such a big thing, I would have continued doing it. I would have taken stocks in this stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, they people that would they were doing it back in the 70s. Yep. We need to go back. I did an article on that, how the generations have changed and the eras and how our foods changed, not for the better. Yeah, right. Step back into the 20s and 30s. Only as far as the food goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, as, as much as technology is not really the healthiest thing for us, I mean, we wouldn't have never connected if it wasn't for technology. Yeah, because if it wasn't for technology, I wouldn't know who you were. You wouldn't know who I am. No, I wouldn't know half my clients. They're all over the world. Right? And yep. not only that, but we, you know, we have access to so we can research anything. I mean, I if I went to the library and started to try to find what the things I'm interested in, <laughs> they're not going to be there. Gosh, you imagine. You just bet you'd be spending weeks there just looking through a book, encyclopedia or something. <laughs> I don't know, but so as far as like going back to the 20s and 30s, I'll take the food, but uh, you know, otherwise, I'm pretty much good because I'm good with my... <laughs> yeah. Again, I know the technology isn't the healthiest thing for us, but at the same time, it gives us access to so many people and so much more knowledge. Exactly. And it's just being aware of the technology, isn't it? It's just not having your phone sitting by your head while you sleep and little things like that. Right. Exactly. Okay. The the sugar repair. Mm. It, now, is that something that's being done online or are you doing it there in uh, local to you? No, I'm doing it online. Um, so anybody so can join. Anyone in the world. Yay. They're going to yeah. like that. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're at the top of our hour. Is there anything else that you want to mention before we close the show? I suppose telling people that you know, if you're dealing, if you're overwhelmed and you're just finding out that you're, you've got these gut issues or something's not right and you just, you don't feel great, just keep a food and mood diary. It will help you start understanding what's going on with your body. So food and mood. So you're trying to link it to how you're feeling and just start understanding it and realizing that things, things can improve really quickly and simply. You just have to just pay a little bit of attention. Do you want to go ahead and give out your web address one more time, please? Yeah. Uh, so my website is www.laraljezeph.com. Thank you so much for being on the show, Laura. Thanks I so much, it. It's been nice talking to you. You've been listening to It's Your Life. I've been your host, Joey Sweeler. Enjoy the rest of your day. This has been a production of Natural Bliss Podcast for a better quality of life.